0: Pour yourself a cold one. They
1: strike them, huh?
0: And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft.
1: Yeah, it is daddy soda time here on The College Draft Podcast, presented as always by BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code Podcast1 for that 50% welcome bonus. Well, you guys already know he is the star of the show, Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. You follow him on Twitter, or at least you should be, for his videos, among other things. At Matt Waldman, you can also check out his fine work, Matt You definitely Want to be signed up and getting the rookie scouting portfolio. Matt, it is a big week for scouting, big week for college football. We got a host of games all week. Of course, a bunch of games on Saturday, including the college football playoff LSU against Oklahoma, followed by Ohio State Clemson should be awesome, buddy.
0: Yeah, man, it's going to be terrific. You know, it's been a fun season, and I'm sure that this capper, you know, at the last few weeks of the uh, of the season are, are going to be just as good, if not better.
1: It's kind of funny; nobody really thinks that Oklahoma has any chance against LSU, and I guess I fall into that category as well. I, I just think that that Clemson Ohio State game is going to be epic. I think both teams are so good. So much talent on the field. Really looking forward to it. They were the two top players in the country, both from the state of Georgia, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Uh, The top two players in the country. Some people had it Trevor Lawrence. Some people had it Justin Fields. And they're going to be going at it. should be epic. Uh, Speaking of epic, Matt, how about a word from Martellus Bennett? our epic professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. What's up been in here? Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at backslash edu Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Servicios Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019 Dosakis Beer Brands, official beer sponsor of the College Football Playoff. Finally, there's a football beer school for me. Thank you, Martellus Matt. Let's dive into this Miami-La Tech game first before we get to the two college football playoff games. It'll be Thursday, 4 p.m., the Independence Bowl, which I believe is in Shreveport. Louisiana Tech against Miami. We'll start with some of the Miami guys like wide receiver Jeff Thomas.
0: Yeah, Jeff Thomas is a lot of fun to watch. You know, we talked a good bit about K.J. Handler. Um, of Penn State a few weeks ago, and this is a 510, 170 pound, um, 170 pound receiver who does a lot of the things that you see when you watch KJ Handler in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it looks like he's had a little bit of weight this year, so I'm interested to see how he weighs in. Maybe he's in the 180 range. He plays slot, also works um, inside on the trip side, but also can play a little bit outside really smooth football player, flat breaks to the boundary on speed out. He gets his head around. Um, he sells um, really the opportunity uh, in terms of the defender, getting ahead of him, then either looking inside or outside things he would see Julian Edelman do in the slot and then be able to make the break and get separation. And a lot of times, you know, with his speed at the college game, he, he doesn't need to tell much of a story to get open. Um, but he does have those skills to be able to drop his weight in the hard breaks, break back to the football. Um, He knows how to manipulate the stems of his routes to be able to widen the defender outside and then break break back inside. He wins off the line with a lot of speed and burst. He has some decent moves off the line that I think he can build on. Um, and, And it's one of those things that he also has the skill at the catch point. He's someone that can make the, the quick stop on fade routes and, and earn really good separation. He high points the ball well. He has some awareness of the boundary and some ability to, to to really adjust his body and get one foot or a couple feet in bounds in high point situations and really knows how to extend his arms well and shield the um, defender from the ball. But what really sets him apart like Hamler is that speed to split defensive backs um you know in the open field or in the vertical game um tracking the football and then after the catch i mean this guy there you want to watch uh, you know an impressive play go back to the season opener against florida and watch him split you know defensive backs and make moves in an area where it, you know we don't really have film booths anymore but uh you know think about it think about him in in some tight spaces and his ability to, to make people miss is just so exciting. And, you know, he's one of those guys, maybe he's a guy who could run through a car wash and not get wet. I mean, that's kind of, that's how good he is at being able to, to avoid contact. Um, he had a knee surgery in in spring of 2009 arthroscopic surgery to clean out his knee. And, and, you know, from a pro standpoint, they're going to want to look at, you know, how he is as a teammate and what he's like off the field. He transferred to Illinois, after you know, former Miami coach Mark Rick booted Thomas from the team. But Manny Diaz brought him back in, and he was suspended a couple games you know, during the Diaz tenure for violating team rules in, in October. Um, but on the field, very exciting football player who get the ball in his hands or get him into an open area of the field and let him track that ball down, and he's going to do great things for you.
1: Another Miami player to keep in mind is... Linebacker Michael Pinckney.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, look at him and say he might be the best linebacker of a of a pretty good group. We looked at Shaq Quarterman to begin the year, and, you know, Pinckney's a 6'1", 225-pound senior. I bet he's gained some weight since um, the beginning of the year or even, you know, this summer, but he's listed at 225. Um, he is a smaller player, but I think he has enough potential in terms of his frame to add some core muscle and bulk up to a, to a size that, um, he can carry a little bit more weight to, in his career and, and fill out in, in terms of the size of what you're looking for from an NFL linebacker. He has some potential as a coverage player, both in man coverage and zone coverage. I think right now he's a little better man to man. Um, he's, he plays a lot like right now, if you look at the opposite side of the ball, to compare, he's kind of like a quarterback who lacks anticipation at times. Um, he's kind of a see-it, attack-it player, if we're going to borrow from our buddy Greg Cosell in terms of see-it, throw-it player. Pickney's kind of a see-it, attack-it player rather than an anticipator to the area of where the player's heading when he's playing zone. Um, he has really good effort in pursuit. Um, he's a good penetrator. When he spots a gap, he can hit it but at this point his lack of strength kind of makes confrontations with blockers uh, uh, more often a losing proposition. Um, And his tracking as a pursuer also has those similar limitations in his own coverage because of the bad angles he can take on ball carriers, but he's a really good hitter. He's a consistent tackler. He often stays on his feet as a tackler until the ball carrier loses his balance. And I think that there's some things to work with here. Um, I think for sure, you know, from a special teams perspective, I think you'll have potential there. But one of the things that you'll want to see is is are some of the issues that he has in terms of tracking and anticipating correctable. If they are, then he has a lot more upside in terms of what he could do on the defensive side of the ball. But that's going to be the biggest question for him.
1: Should be noted that uh, both Thomas and Pinckney are two of four different Miami players that aren't going to play in this bowl game. But we wanted to give you Matt's thoughts on those two guys anyway, because they have both had terrific years. Trevon Hill, Trayvon Hill who came from Va Tech, Jonathan Garvin also not playing. It's a huge trend, Matt. It's unbelievable. So over at least over 20 kids I've seen that are skipping bowl games uh, and Pinckney and Thomas are two of them. A guy that I don't believe is skipping the bowl game is Meek Robertson from Louisiana Tech. I saw him play last year and was pretty impressed by what he did against Western Kentucky. He does not have great size, but he is really pretty good. I know doing some Conference USA games this year, multiple coaches remarked how he was the best corner in the conference.
0: Yeah, and if there's a guy that you would think might sit out a bowl game out of the ones that we just mentioned, this would be the guy that would be at the top of my list. But it's probably you know indicative of this guy's attitude in terms of how he wants to play and the you know the effort and will and and, and really the kind of attitude that he has that makes him so good. that you know he's declaring and he wants to play. You know he's a five, nine, 183 and eighty three pound corner. He's probably going to project best at the nickel um really fluid hips, mirrors defenders well in, in man coverage, and he plays the ball to the ground, you know, when he when they get to a target situation. He's a three year starter at Louisiana Tech, and he has just absolutely fantastic ball skills. 14 interceptions, um, forty eight passes defended through his career. He has a good feel for when to come off of his coverage responsibility and attack another receiver. So he, you know, he he understands his role in the defense, he anticipates where the quarterback's going as a good read for it or what the route patterns are with the receivers and finds a way to be able to know when to timely you know, work away from that and be that ancillary coverage to, to really make a play on the ball. But at the same time, as much of a ball hawk as he has a reputation of being, he's a really disciplined zone defender who doesn't get baited by route combinations to his side. So he's going to be a fun player to watch, and I have a feeling he's going to have a really strong game this week.
1: Let's get to the college football playoff now, and we'll start with the Peach Bowl and LSU linebacker Patrick Queen.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, he replaced Devin White at the rover position at LSU, White the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Standout linebacker. He's you know, Queen 6'1", 230 pounds. He's a junior. Physically, he doesn't probably have the ideal length that scouts are looking for at linebacker. And shedding blockers has been an issue for him. But his game, what is his game, works very well. And he has his game is speed and acceleration, fluid feet to close fast. He roams well sideline to sideline. He cuts off passing lanes well as a zone defender. Um, He hasn't been used a lot in man coverage. So I think that's an area for him to improve upon. Um, But this is a a really strong athlete in terms of the things that he can do. He has a good feel for avoiding blockers, trying to reach him. And I think that he does have an NFL future. um, And as one, as a starter, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how good he can get at, you know, shedding blockers and, and really more building on his strengths, which is that speed and acceleration part of his game where he can anticipate and get, keep himself in good position against a higher level of competition um, who may force him force the issue for him to have to be a little bit more confrontational in a physical way.
1: How about the LSU tight end Thaddeus Moss?
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, you know, we could sit here and talk about the fact that he's Randy Moss's son um, and you watch, him on tape and he moves a lot like his dad. I mean he has a fluid gliding style with but still with that quick twitch hand work to fend off um late hands on his frame and he has the the late hands to go up and win the ball at the last moment in tight coverage. You know, he's six three two forty nine different than Randy. Um and he's the most productive tight end in the receiving game that LSU's ever had in the season. Um he set records in receptions and yardage this year He's, he's really good at working off the line. He has a good rip and swim move. Um, he sells the vertical route well with his eyes. He bends well at the waist and knees, so he can sell um, defenders on the corner route or the post route and then work back inside or outside against the defender over the top of him. Um, he has the mobility even in the open field, to hurdle guys when needed, really good flexibility in his legs for a big man. And it allows him to drop his pads and get lower than safeties as well when he's carrying the ball. Um, so he's a tackle breaker when he heads downhill with a defender coming over the top. He has excellent extension, um, you know, with his frame and awareness of the boundary. So he's a good fade route player or, or any type of route on the perimeter He's a guy that's going to be able to work outside of his frame to make the play, um, and he uses his hands extremely well. There are a lot of guys who have that kind of ability to extend, but they don't always have that skill to get their hands in the in the position they need to, to just unfold around the ball. A guy like Cortland Sutton needed about a year to really work on his hands, and he's still, as good of a season he's having, he still has some issues where he fights the ball at times in ways that you look at a guy like Thaddeus Moss, or a pro example of a player who frames his ball well is Chris Chris Godwin, who's just terrific at being able to go up and win the ball in the air, and and just have that consistent position where you know if the ball's away from his frame, he can get both arms up, and his hands are always uniform. And Moss has that in his game. Now he missed 2018 with a fracture. Of the fifth metatarsal on his left foot, and he required two surgeries from that—one in June and one in November—to fix it. But he looks like he's he, he's been able to play well this season through, you know, what he went through here. And I don't expect him to come out for the draft this year, um, but he'll he's going to be a fun player to look at this weekend, as well as you know, thinking about what his season may be looking like moving forward as a senior
1: for Oklahoma. They haven't had a ton of great defensive players recently. They do have linebacker Kenneth Murray, and they've got D-tackle Neville Gallimore.
0: Yeah, and we, we profiled Murray and and his tackling prowess earlier in the year. Gallimore, he's a fun player. I mean, he's 6'2", 305 pounds. He's a redshirt senior, and he's one of those, you know, probably more likely one of those um, pass-rushing defensive tackles in a 4-3 Think of guys who are at the higher end of that scale, like you know, Grady Jarrett and Aaron Donald. Of course, um, you know this guy has real pass rushing ability. Great short area acceleration. He has terrific change of direction quickness. He moves his hip and hips and feet well. And you can combine this with his pad level and anticipation and his vision. His vision to really see through traffic and his and his skill to get skinny. He gets skinny like a running back in a hole and finds his way through traffic. Um, you know, all of these skills project well for him when the team runs line slants or uses them with game, you know, where they run twists with tackles. Um, a good example of what I'm talking about is watching, say, Atlanta against Jacksonville this past weekend and watching Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley run twists and sacking Gardner Minshew repeatedly or getting pressure on him repeatedly. And Gallimore is the type of guy that would work really well in any type of line that's going to use those types of twists and stunts on a regular basis. Um, right now, you're not seeing him really get off double teams um, that very well at this point. Um, I think when he's in close quarters, he just doesn't have the moves right now that are working for him. Because quickness is his game a little bit more than power, You can also see him lose his anchor a little bit in his lower body. And and at times he gets pancaked by defenders a little more often than you might expect from a guy with his dynamic abilities. Um, You know, but he is skilled at anticipating the snap. He plays with good leverage in terms of his, his upper body. He tends to play ahead of himself, looking into the backfield and giving up his frame a little too often though, and establishing the leverage first. So you can see a lot of things that I talk about are about, him playing with that quickness and anticipation and to a point where, you know, he's going to have to work on that lower body strength, work on um, some of the hand movements that he has to, to reframe his hands or reposition them when the defender or when the blocker gets um, the upper hand early. Um, but, you know, that upper body strength, he can torque guys to the side when he takes half a man, he's going to lock his hands into you and, and get the advantage there. I do still have some questions about his stamina and his ability to hold up in the fourth quarter. He's no by no means a lazy player, um, but when he's fresh, you see him really hustling um, to the ball and showing a high motor. But I just wonder if he just needs to you know, get into maybe even better shape for the fourth quarter or figure out ways to – to be able to have some stamina at the end of games in ways that there's some play, there's some games on tape where you you have some questions about that. But overall, he's an exciting player, penetrator who you know he's going to have to have a good game this weekend um, and get uh, you know pressure on Joe Burrow and company for for OU to have a really strong chance to win this game.
1: Let's get to the Fiesta Bowl, the one we talked about at the start, and let's start with Ohio State corner Jeffrey Okuda. Boy, I called the All American Bowl three years ago and Okuda and Sean Wade were both in the game and both really physically impressive already uh when they were midway through their senior year of high school.
0: Yeah, I mean Okuda, man, he's been one of the he's been one of the, the fine players this year in college football. Six one, two hundred pound junior, consensus all American got a lot of attention. If you hadn't thought about him before, you you were going to be thinking about him on the forefront of your, uh, you know, he's got the, he's on the forefront of minds of people after his work against Michigan's receivers. He's quick, fast, fluid, really confident in his ability to recover. And because of that, it, it helps him be patient with receivers. He's not fooled by little moves. And he's really at ease with receivers executing a break and then he'll recover after it rather than overreacting to any type of move setting up that break. He's good um, at remaining in a crouched position and backpedaling so he can stay in a position where he can change direction um, as needed and be in an optimal position to to, to really play the man. He's shown skill as a press defender. Um, I think he's at his best when he's pressing and then dropping or people call it bailing you know, and playing or playing um, off coverage where he's playing man to man, but he's, you know, uh, further off than off of the receiver. Um, When he is pressing, he punches with good timing. I think he gets into the receiver pretty consistently with his hands Um, where he needs work. is his own coverage. And I think that's uh, a lot of it is that he just needs to slow down with his adjustments. Um, He, he, he gives too much of a cushion sometimes um, and I think as a result, he'll overreact. He doesn't want to get beat deep. And I think he overreacts to that at times. Um, he does need to get a feel for the best depth of his drops as, as the receivers beginning his route. And once he does that, I think he'll be able to improve the work that he does. It's just a matter of, I think, a little bit more experience and coaching in terms of what's ideal for him based on the receivers he's facing. Um, in terms of tackling, uh, I think he takes, too much first contact as a tackler, you know, just as a guy who's blocking, you know, in the backfield uh, on a blitz, sometimes they don't bring the contact to the defender blitzing. It's the same thing with a guy who's tackling. Sometimes he can wait for the ball carry to hit him first. And if that happens, he's going to get run over. Um, So he has to really focus on his attack, you know, attacking first and being able to get that, earn that position that he can get and and really make the play first. And if he does that, I think he can improve his a as well. But overall, you know, he's a very exciting prospect who has a bright future.
1: Clemson has a corner that you wanted to touch on as well in A.J. Terrell.
0: Yeah, he's a good one too. You know, I mean, he may not be the headliner like Okuda, but there are a lot of people who who thought that when you looked at Trayvon Mullen last year, the Raiders cornerback, starting cornerback, when he played in the championship game, you know, a couple years back, they thought that it was Terrell who had the better game. And he's a 6'1, 190 pound junior. He's fluid hips, good overall mobility with his body, and he has really good arm length and he uses his hands well. He's the type of guy that has skill for being able to disrupt receivers at the catch point on a consistent basis. He earns really good position at the hip and shoulder of, of the receiver so he can get tight. Uses his hands to ride the defender, and he often uses his frame to to move the move the receiver to the boundary um and overall, he's a good finesse player in terms of because of that positioning because of his length to time the ball and to disrupt the receiver so he's he's a good finesse player in man to man despite that position in length, I think he has to get more comfortable with the physical parts of press coverage and and also defending the run. You need to see him wrap up a little bit more as a tackler. And then in terms of, you know, press coverage, just being able to use his hands a little bit better using his frame in a, in a way where it's not just about positioning, but it's also being able to deliver a a blow and to be able to um, withstand larger receivers who can, you know, kind of move him around a bit. I think he overreacts to the threat of getting beaten deep as well. This is just a common thing with younger corners. Um, He can give up too many catches on shorter routes because he leaves his backpedal early as opposed to a guy like Okuda who may just drop too deep. Terrell's a guy that will will turn and, and turn his hips too, too quickly and overreact to the move that, that a receiver is going to put on him. He can also get caught peeking too often at the quarterback as a zone defender, and that can make him reactive to moves as well. But overall, um, you know, uh, an exciting physical prospect who has a really good feel for, um you know, playing the ball, and that's that's a nice skill to have as a cornerback.
1: And an offensive lineman to wrap things up. Thank you. I think you did that for me. John Simpson, guard <laughs> from Clemson.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas. You know, I mean certainly we'd like, you know, you know, when we get a chance, you know, it's nice to be able to to profile the guys up front for sure. They're the most important players there and you know on the field, I think. And you know, six four, three hundred and thirty pound guard. Clemson hasn't had a lot of NFL prospects along the offensive line, but this guy's considered one of the best guards um, in the draft, you know, good footwork, uh, you know, whether attacking or retreating, very, very good feet there. He bends well, fluid with long arms, big hands, runs well. Um, He wrestled in college. So you, you can see that also on the field. He has some good feel for leverage and he has the lateral movement is really the bigger question mark for him. But as a guard, he's likely going to be, you know, working in a situation where he's going to be playing a lot in close quarters. So it's a good positional fit for what his athletic skills and limitations are. He plays with good strength. You know, he gets his hands framed in position and he's going to control you. He's an aggressive player overall who's, who's you know, a, known as a road grader. Um, but at the same time, you know, you watch him in practices against Dexter Lawrence and Cleveland Pharrell. And he really held his own. So he's a guy that we should be seeing at the Senior Bowl, I believe. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a fun guy to watch, you know, in the pit, in the practices there coming up within the next month.
1: Excellent stuff. Already starting to figure out where I'm going to be watching those college football playoff games. Should be awesome. And I know where I'll be placing a wager on them betonline.ag. Your online. Sportsbook experts. If you haven't already, check out my tweet at Ross Tucker NFL or Brian at RTF Podcast when we were tweeting about the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge that's going on right now. They're giving away the 12 days of Christmas, so I guess there's a couple days left. They're giving away a hundred bucks a day to people that follow the instructions in their betonline.ag account. And then on Christmas Day, I think they're giving out $1,000. So check it out. Check out our social media or go to the Podcast One Sportsnet social media because you can get all the details there. And then enter. So hopefully you win the 1000 bucks. Let me know if you do. Betonline.ag, promo code Podcast One. Already have the Ross Tucker Football Podcast up today talking about the epic press box food, oh, and football games from this weekend. And a little bit later, we'll have part one of the Fantasy Feast. It is DFS time, all day, all the time. Season long is over. DFS is here. And Joe Dolan has you covered on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out.